It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked On. Yeah. I want to ball like the whistles. Yeah, you know what I mean. When I'm blue, I'm on the net. Girl, she was shots for the team. I was in high school with dreams. Now I'm almost looking clean. Teaching games like a dean. Coach all these girls to a ring particular conversation that you had with Brad at halftime or any adjustments that you made that allowed him to come out in the third quarter and kind of take the game over? The, the thing that I have with Brad, we have a great relationship and I've been with him now for four years and I believe in his work that he puts in. He, I can look at him and he knows what I'm thinking and he knows it's his time. Um, when I brought him in the fourth quarter, I said, take over the game. We, we, need, to, we need to take this home. And we did and then we made some couple of bad turnovers, a couple of um, fouls on their drives when we don't, when we don't have to let them make a, a, a tough shot over us. Uh, but yeah, Brad takes over the games and he's done a great job, not a good job, but a great job of leading this group of guys that we have. They need, they need his leadership and they need his help. And like I've told him that when he was a young player, you needed good players to be around you. And this is your opportunity to be that guy. And he stepped up every steps up every day in practice and games. Hey guys, welcome to the locked on wizards podcast, part of the locked on podcast network. I'm your host, Troy Halliburton, and join with me in, in our secret closet studio room <laughs> inside Capital One Arena, the former host of Locked on Wizards podcast, Miss Becca Winker, and the, the current director of Wizards Extra, le- le- leading in all of Wizards blog content right now. I'm, I'm, I'm jealous, I have stop to say. Stop hyping me up, first of all, <laughs> stop hyping me up. I just want to say I'm so proud of Troy because every podcast he does is amazing, I think he's the best host yet, so you guys should be blessed because he really does go above and beyond to make sure that you guys are hearing from a roundtable of wizard media moguls. Yeah. So, <laughs> that, the thing including is, myself. Exactly. It's, it's not hype if it's true. So exactly. that's the thing. And I feel like uh, being a part of you know the Wizards media, I feel like I wanted to in- be more inclusive of people who are in Wizards media, people who come down to the games and and cover the games on a daily basis, people who are on Wizards Twitter talking about the team on a daily basis. I think that the fans would love to hear from those people. You know, not not national outside guys who you know only watch one or two Wizards games a year and they don't really have a complete uh, comprehensive understanding as to you know the dynamic of going on with the team. And so you, you're somebody who comes down to uh, every, pretty much every game. All the games. Exactly. And so, you know, it, it's been it's been a kind of rough sledding so far as far as coming down and catching wins. But tonight was different. Uh, the Wizards actually won a game 138 to 132 over the San Antonio Spurs. And, you know, the, the game started out very slowly. Uh, the Wizards were uh, 
They, they, they gave up 38 points in the first quarter. So, you know, they, they were on, on track, on pace, you know, giving up 40 points a quarter, which they've been known to do. And so it, it looked like it was going to be another one of those, you know, poor defensive outings from the team. And then, you know, San Antonio, we're, we're talking about a great franchise who's coming in on a six-game winning streak. And, you know, they, they, they lost this game, extending their losing streak to seven games. And they haven't lost seven games in a row since 1997. Be- before Tim Duncan was a spur. Before a lot of people were born, I'm sure. They're <laughs> listening to this podcast Exactly. Right now. <laughs> exactly. So what, what were your thoughts of how the game started and then uh, leading into that second half and that Bradley Bill takeover and how they were able to 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 get out a, a, a big victory over a San Antonio team who desperately wanted to win this game? Well, we desperately wanted to win. I shouldn't say we. The Wizards, <laughs> the Wizards desperately wanted to win this game because they were looking for a revenge game. Obviously, they haven't won at the AT&T Center like forever. So when they lost the first game of this season, um, they were definitely looking for that revenge. I knew coming into this that the score would be pretty close because um, that's just these teams, the nature of these teams. They're both highly offensive, um, not very defensive teams. So it was very impressive to see how Bradley Beal pulled through, how all of the players pulled through. I mean, the three-point percentage was incredible. Everything was working for them. Um, I, I don't know. I'm just so impressed by the, the second unit, if anything. Yeah, I mean, the, the second unit played amazing. Uh, you know, D- Davis Bertans, who is a former Spur, who we, we have to – every time that Davis Bertans has a good game, I, I just have to shout out uh, Marcus Morris because, you know, he did almost just as much for the Wizards as Markeith did in his whole, you know, three-and-a-half-year span as a Wizard by uh, spurning the, 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 the San Antonio Spurs uh, and, and reneging – Exactly, and reneging on uh, his, his, his contract offer at the last minute after they had already made roster adjustments to open up the requisite cap space in order for him to sign. So – you know, they, they open up money to sign Marcus Morris. So they shipped Davis Bertans off to the Wizards for literally nothing. Uh, the draft rights uh, uh, to what's my guy's name uh, from the 2015 draft. I can't even, I can't even remember his name. Aaron White. There you go. Aaron White from the University of Iowa. Yeah, who, who was probably never, ever going to come over and play in the NBA. But they acquired Davis Bertans for literally nothing. And so, you know, he came out tonight and he had 21 points against his former team. He hit four threes. I think that the Wizards are very fortunate to have a player of Bertans' stature because he came out of that San Antonio system. So not only is he a great shooter, but he's a great basketball player. So we really have to thank Greg Popovich and the San Antonio Spurs for developing such a great player who looks to be an integral part of what the Wizards plan to do this year and going forward. Well, what did you see from, from not only Bertans, but Ish Smith, who also had 21 points off of the bench? And and, and what, what do you see from those guys and that Wizards bench mob who has, you know, played far beyond, I think, anybody's, anybody's expectations? expectations. Yeah. yeah. It's just, I'm so impressed with Ish Smith. I mean, today he had, like, the game of his life, basically, you know, having all those quality shots, and he was just going off. I mean, all all of those guys, they can shoot, they know how to move the ball. Like, they're the type of bench that we've always been looking for that we haven't had. 
Um, it's hard to tell how this bench is going to develop more because, you know, these guys, we have 10 new players. I mean, this team is completely new, but everything has been so impressive. Um, it's nice to know that the bench will fill in when the starters don't always. But obviously, the best part of this game was watching Davis Davis Bertans <laughs> go off. And um, honestly, though, I got to say, I am disappointed. I was hoping they would play Admiral and Justin Robinson tonight. I, I don't think that that was ever going to happen. I know it wasn't going to happen, <laughs> let's, let's, but I wanted it to happen. I, I don't um, think that was ever going to happen. So I don't. I, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but those players are are, are developmental players, and they're not ready to play in NBA games right now. And they, the Wizards already have a pretty tight ten man rotation. So unless they're blowing teams out or getting blown out, I would not expect to see much of Justin Robinson or Admiral Schofield. Uh, the, this season, but I do think that the, the, the Wizards bench, I mean, they, they've been like more than impressive and it's almost getting to the point now where, you know, when Bert, Bertans and Mo Wagner, when they come into the game, it's like, I'm, I'm watching the game. I'm like, I'm like anticipating like mm-hmm. for the, for that particular duo to come into the game, because I mean, the numbers are bearing this out. Like, you know, the Wizards' best lineup include those two players, mm-hmm. more so than even Rui Hashimura and Thomas Bryant. So, you know, I think that the, those two players are, 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 are well, at least Bertans is a veteran player and he's a, a magnificent shooter, but they, they are also great defenders. And so the, I think that they bring a dynamic that uh, Thomas Bryant and Rui Hashimura don't really bring when it comes to front court play. And so it, it makes it very exciting for the team when those players come into the game. But I, I want to take a quick break and we're going to come back and we're going to talk about Bradley Bill because the bench was great, but the Wizards have a superstar on their hands and, and he's the guy who really kind of put the team on his back. And I want to talk about what he did in that third quarter and and why he pretty much carried the team to victory. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so Becca, yeah, we're, we're here. I want I want to talk to you about Bradley Bill. I mean, we, we got to look at this. He had a, a 21 point, nine of nine from the floor, third quarter. And, you know, Scott Brooks talked about um, after the game that, you know, he pretty much went to Brad and told him that, you know, you, you got to take this game over. And then Brad himself, you know, he talked after the game about how, you know, that, that Brooks came to him and that he knows that as the leader of the team that, you know, if they want to win a lot of games and he's always said that, you know, it's always about winning that, you know, that he has to be assertive. And if he's the best player on the court, he's got to assert his dominance on the game. How do you feel like he did as far as asserting his dominance on the game in that second half? Well, he knew he had to produce those types of numbers to secure this win. So I, I mean, he knows what's expected of him, but he also knew that um, he sets the tone for this team. He's the leader. He knows that he's the leader. And by asserting the dominance that he did in the third quarter, that really set the tone for the rest of the team. That kind of set the tone, brought the energy for, you know, Bertans 
Smith, all those guys who are, you know, scoring too, like it, it allows them to have that energy too. And that's really crucial when you're leading a team. So he knows that he's a mentor to those guys. So he has to um, keep it moving. So when Scott Brooks calls him up and says, Hey, it's your time. You got to go off. And he's like, okay, well, I'm going to go off. And that's just what it is. Like he, the way he was talking to us in the locker room, he was calm about it. He just said, you know, I knew it was my turn to kind of um, like lead the team. He knew what he had to do and he just did it, you know, and that's huge growth from him because we haven't seen him that way before. Yeah. No, I think under pressure. Exactly. I think, and that is Brad is the type of player where he has grown and almost every aspect of his game over the course of his career. And each year he gets a little bit better, a little bit better. And I feel like the next natural progression for him as a player is that ability to take over games and lead his team to victory. And so, you know, that that's the difference between, you know, uh, Devin Booker, who scores a lot of empty stats. And in the past, you know, the Phoenix Suns weren't winning a lot of games. And James Harden, who, you know, people can say whatever they want to about, you know, Harden comes out and he's a ball hog and he takes 30 shots. It's like, yo, he's doing whatever he has to do to lead his team to wins. And Houston has won a lot of basketball games over the last couple of years. And so we would much rather have Bill be more like James Harden than being more like Devin Booker. And so, you know, I think that it's very good for him to like kind of learn how to take over games because, you know, he's coming into a new situation where, you know, he's finally the franchise player now, whereas, you know, I think that it's very safe to say that, you know, John Wall was the franchise player in years past. But because of injury, John Wall's not here. And so Brad has to he, he's had to put himself in that position more often of having to take over. And this is something that he has to learn how to do. And so he's learning on the fly. And I think that when you have games like what he did in Minnesota, you know, scoring 40 points and kind of staving off that run from Carl Anthony Towns. And then, you know, that game today where, you know, like he came out, I mean, they don't win that game if he doesn't come out and go nine for nine in the third quarter. So, you know, it, it's just great to see that, you know, he's taking those, you know, natural steps as a player. And, you know, that this is the difference between him being an all-star and him potentially trying to be an all-NBA caliber player this year. I couldn't agree more. He sums it up so well. See, this is why he has the podcast now. Everything that's in my head, he says it so beautifully. <laughs> um, it Just to piggyback off of everything that we've talked about, about Beal, you know, um, a year or two ago, he wasn't clutch, you know, and I'm not just talking about jump shots, like at the end of the game to secure a win. I'm talking about, you know, scoring when he needs to the most, like when it matters, kind of like you said. So to see him evolve that quick and that fast, I'm so happy that he's leading the team right now. Yeah. And I think he's going to set the tone for everyone. And I think this team, it, it's not about the wins, but I just think they're going to surprise a lot of people in the sense that they can work well together to accomplish things. Yeah, I mean, I think they've already surprised a lot of people. Yes. But they came into tonight's game with the number one ranked offense in the NBA. And I don't think there's a person out there who – thought that this team would be able to score the basketball the way they have. And, and when we talk about Brad becoming a leader and, you know, how this process is, is you know, moving so fast for him, I think that, that a lot of that has to do with the circumstance, the current circumstance of the team and the roster. So it's like he's kind of having to do this out of necessity. So, it, I mean, it's really like it's just, it's just Darwinism at work. Like he's just – He's having to adjust on the fly and, and he's adapting to his uh, current surroundings in, in a way that I think would make a lot of 
Wizards fans happy about uh, what he can do potentially going forward. I want to take another uh, quick break and I want to talk about a couple of uh, uh, lineup decisions and maybe uh, uh, something that the Wizards can potentially do to change their starting lineup and, and maybe try to try to try to get a little bit uh, a better flow starting off the games going forward. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Becca, I feel like a a lot of people are very interested in the who's starting at point guard for the Wizards. And so uh, I I actually put up this stat the other day about um, Isaiah Thomas's defensive rating and that when Isaiah Thomas is off of the floor, the Wizards have a defensive rating of, I think it was 104.3. And, you know, that would rank them as the 12th best defense in the NBA. But when the Wizards have the the 29th ranked defense in the NBA, so it's like there's such a, a great gap in between how they play defensively when Isaiah Thomas is on the floor versus when Isaiah Thomas is off the floor. And so, you know, I, I think that when you look at, uh, you know, a guy like Ish Smith, who has been a perennial backup point guard throughout his career in the NBA, like I, I understand why it is that Scott Brooks starts Isaiah Thomas, who's a you know former two-time All-Star, a, a former All-NBA player, former MVP candidate. I understand just from that perspective why he starts Isaiah Thomas. But when you just look at the, the numbers and how the team plays when Isaiah Thomas is off of the floor, I do believe that you know, there, there is a balance to be had with Scott Brooks when it comes to how he uh, delegates his point guard minutes. And so tonight is a, is, was, a, was a situation where, you know, Ish Smith played uh, 23 minutes uh, compared to – they actually played – they both played 23 minutes. So instead of, you know, Isaiah Thomas really dominating the point guard minutes, like they, they, there's a balance to be had there where they both played the same amount of minutes. And I think that whether or not who starts the game really doesn't matter. It's all about who kind of – who finishes the games. And so I think that if Ish Smith continues to play like this and if Scott Brooks continues to trust in Ish Smith and finds a balance between playing Ish Smith and Isaiah Thomas, I think that, you know, that, that, that can do wonders for what the team is getting from the point guard position. What, what are your thoughts from th- this whole Isaiah Thomas versus Ish Smith point guard battle? And if you were the coach, Scott Brooks, how, how would you oh, no. delegate? <laughs> how, how would you delegate this? Well, I think – Honestly, Scott Brooks is doing the right thing by splitting up the minutes kind of evenly, you know, because Isaiah Thomas is not ready to take on the majority of the minutes, if, you know, at all. He is slowly getting back into his rhythm. And I think a lot of fans kind of forget that, that he's not, um, I don't think he's at 100% yet. And I think it's going to take a while. So we have to be patient with him. Ish Smith, I mean, clearly, you know, towards the end of the game, his defense was apparent, and I think that's important and to be recognized. But the the point you make about having the even minutes, that's important. 
Um, because it, like you said, it doesn't matter who's starting the game or who's finishing the game. The, the fact of the matter is they're both evenly splitting the minutes. So it's not like Scott Brooks is preferring someone over the other. Scott Brooks wants Isaiah Thomas to start because he's a vet. He's a leader. He's, you know, he's carrying the team, not as Beal is, but he's carrying the team in a positive energy. You know, he's, he sets the tone. So I understand why he's doing what he does. Um, if, Ish Smith continues to play the way he's been playing. I mean, there's no reason why he shouldn't start over IT. But like I said, it's kind of like a difficult spot right now because IT is clearly um, working his back, working his way back into his rhythm of things. Yeah, no, I, I think that it's definitely IT is definitely working his way back into uh, the rhythm of things. And, you know, I, I think that I mean, I just don't honestly think that if people are expecting Isaiah Thomas to get back to that level that he played at at Boston, I mean, we're, we're going to be waiting a long time for that because I just don't, forever. I just, I just don't think that's going to happen. So I think that they need to set a whole new set of expectations as far as what we want from Isaiah Thomas or what the team expects from Isaiah Thomas. And so, you know, I think that if they can get a guy who can come in and average you know, 12 to 15 points and, you know, six to eight assists per night playing 23 minutes a night. Like, I think that that is the ideal situation uh, for, for production that they can expect from Isaiah Thomas. And so if anybody's expecting more than that, I think that that's kind of unrealistic. So, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, Scott Brooks, he, 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 he definitely, uh, he definitely changed up his pattern as far as how he's playing Isaiah Thomas and Ish Smith. And, you know, I think that this is, can only be said to be a step in the right direction from what we can expect to see going forward. Um, another uh, uh, kind of uh, position battle that I'm very much uh, keeping my eye on is the Wizards' uh, small forward position right now. And so I, I was actually having a conversation with a few uh, national media people in uh, the locker or in the media room uh, during the game, and we were actually talking about the Wizards. Right, the, the Wizards might have the worst small forward combination in the entire NBA as far as rotation players, and 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 that's I mean that's not. I guess I guess it is like a disparaging thing to say about Troy Brown, but but really in re, in, in reality, Troy Brown he he's not really ready to be a starting he's caliber small four. He's not he's not ready to be a starting caliber small four. But when you look at the rest of the Wizards roster, I mean they have C.J. Miles, who's another you know a, a perennial uh, backup player. You know, they really don't have a starting caliber small four. So the, I, I saw that, you know, so Troy Brown played 19 minutes and, you know, C.J. Miles played 18 minutes. So no, you know, that's 37 minutes combined from the uh, small forward position. And then you have another uh, uh, 11 minutes or so that, that, that Scott Brooks kind of uh, split up those minutes between Jordan McRae actually got some minutes at small four. So one of his first substitute, one of Scott Brooks's first substitutions in the game was putting Jordan McRae in for, uh, for, 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 for Troy Brown Jr. And he, he actually played, it was a lineup of IT, Bradley Bill, and Jordan McRae. And so then also in the fourth quarter, they finished the game with Rui and Bertans as their forward. So Rui, Bertans, and uh, Mo Wagner. So that means Rui was playing small forward. 
So they're finding ways. So I don't think that they, they want to start Rui at small forward because they like him playing that power forward position. And I don't think Jordan McRae is really ready to start at small forward either. But, you know, they're, 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 he's figuring out ways to kind of delegate different lineups with different people playing this small forward position so that they can kind of piece together, you know, some type of semblance of, of, of a wing rotation. What would have been your thoughts of uh, Troy Brown, not only tonight, but how he has played this season? And do you think that he's uh, meeting your level of expectation or is he not meeting your level of expectation of what you thought that he could do coming into the season? Well, Honest yes, answers I, only. I know I'm, I'm such a Troy Brown Jr. fan, um, so it's hard for me to say um, what I'm about to say. Um, I have high expectations of him in a sense that I expect him to kind of score more. But how do I say this? Like what, you know, it's in my head right now. But basically what I'm trying to say is, we all saw him last season, and we've seen what he's capable of, and he's a great player all around. Um, but he should not be starting now because he's still developing into a player. However, like you said, we do not have a solid small forward position going on. So, therefore, Scott Brooks, knowing that he has to you know, make interesting adjustments, you know, rotations – to kind of um, fill in for those shortcomings. So I don't think that this is this is a permanent thing that Troy Brown is going to start always, but um, I have higher hopes for him. I mean, the season's still early. I just think it's not um, – it hasn't been long enough for us to kind of make decisions like that. So Troy has not been meeting my expectations. However, I know he will. So <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. know he will. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know if he will, but I will say. Oh, I know he will. Oh, okay. you're you're much more confident you heard, than you I. You heard it here on the Lockdown <laughs> Wizards podcast, part of the Lockdown yeah. Network. <laughs> I remember that intro. Yeah, but I mean, I I I love Troy's game, and I think that right now, for where he is as an NBA player, that he would be much more suited playing against second unit players, against I backup agree. players. But uh, like you said, out of necessity, he has to start, and I I, I really think that. That, you know, if anybody uh, was hurt by uh, the injuries before the season started, I believe that, you know, Troy Brown, his his progression as a player was severely hurt by him having that calf strain in the team's offseason workouts and him missing all the training camp and coming in and, and, and you know, just being kind of thrust into into the lineup, like without really having, you know, that that, 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 that level of uh, uh, comfort that, that, that players build up. Over you know training camp He's been and preseason, the fire so many times. Exactly, you know? exactly. So you know, I, I think that you know that that is something to take into consideration as to why he is not meeting uh, you know anybody's level of expectation right now. But I, I do think that you know there's still a, a much room for improvement and, and much growth to be seen from Troy Brown's game this year. But, you know, at least that, you know, he's able to come out and play, you know, 19 minutes in a game that, you know, the team won and, and you know, they, they get their record to, to four and eight. So, you know, they're, 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 they're a lot closer to the, the worst team in the, in the league than they are to making the playoffs. But, you right. know, we, we, as we say, it's baby steps, right? Baby steps. <laughs> um, it's going to be an interesting season, I guarantee you. 
Um, 25 games into this, they'll look a little different in a sense that they'll be more adjusted. But like I said, you know, the roster is so new and they've played not even that many games, like regular season games together. So it's hard to, you know, um, call these decisions. But I guess like I'm wondering from you, like as a like, do you predict the starting five changing? A lot within mm-hmm. the next five weeks. No, I do not predict. Okay. No, I no. That's because just, that's what someone asked me on Twitter, and I just like didn't know what to tell them. No, well, you should tell them no because <laughs> no, yeah, no. As I'm going to say this because as, as somebody who has been around the team over the last couple of years and had been around Scott Brooks as a head coach, like Scott he's Brooks not is quick to exactly make he's very rigid when it comes to his decisions. So unless something very drastic happens, like this is going to be the Wizards' starting lineup for for. for uh, the foreseeable future. So you know, this is this is this is not me talking. This is as this, this is, is a logic. person exactly. This is me using my logic and me using the information that you know we gather when we come down here to the arena and we we talk to people and you know I, I just I just I can't see it. So you know I, I think that right now that uh, that you know the, the Wizards when you see uh, Ted Leon says he's walking around here he looks so happy he was talking to Scott Brooks I, I know, thought I so thought nice. he was going to do a victory lap and you know he for a four four and eight team you would never know it because the owner is, is he's ecstatic about you know the team's uh, growth and development and he, he talks about how that's more important than wins and losses at this point and so I'm not saying that he's wrong about that but I I just think that the franchise is at a point right now where everybody seems to be happy. So there, there's no rush or need to, you know, kind of make hastily decisions. So I'll take that energy over the energy from last season or the other seasons anyways, and um, give Tommy Shepard credit for developing this team or picking this team, you know, like with Bertans and Wagner, you know, Wagner was a steal, Bertans was a steal, and they will contribute to this team in a very impactful way. So works for me. Yeah, it works for me. Works, works for me. <laughs> um, stop hating on IT. Um, he's short like me. And, you know, we, us shorties got to stick out for each other. So. Oh, my goodness. Well, there you go. Gang, gang. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Becca, man, I, I want to greatly uh, appreciate and thank you for coming on, taking this time. I know, I know, I know you got to run out of here and, and get on this last train on the oh, metro. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's all good. But I want I wanted to thank you for coming on, and I, I wanted to give you this opportunity to go ahead and and plug yourself and all of the great things that you're doing over there at Wizards Extra, and let the the listeners of the Locked On Wizards podcast know where they can find you and the the team of people that you've assembled and all the great things uh, that you all are doing. Well, um, you can find me at. Becca MVP, as always, nothing's changed in the last couple months. Um, Wizards Extra is kind of a legacy blog, but we've taken the website and we've changed it. Like, I spent the whole summer revamping the website. Drastic change. Drastic change. The website is amazing. Um, The writers, a lot of them are young. They're in college. They're doing it on the side like we are, and they are really excited about contributing to the site and they all work extremely hard and they're all talented and there's 22 of them. So it's, it's fun. Damn, you got, yeah. you got, you got, you got, you got a, a whole football roster, offense we, and defense. We, <laughs> <laughs> we're so excited. And um, yeah, I, I'm super excited. Please, you know, 
read these articles, support these writers because they are up and coming. They're on the rise. They might replace Troy and I next season. We might not be in here because they're so talented. (laughs) No, Troy's laughing because he's like, yeah, right. (laughs) So find us at Wizards Extra, Extra spelled X-T-R-A. And um, yeah, listen to the Locked On podcast. Continue to listen to it. Yeah, man, this is this is this is this is a great thing that we all have going on. I love the community that that we built here with uh with with, with all of the people who come down and write and cover the team. And you know, I, th- I feel like you and I we, we need to work together and, and collab and yeah, get another uh, meet to, and greet. Yeah, yeah, we I've need to been do waiting that. For that, I want to have another event. That's what I was going to ask you after this, but. I guess we're on air, so exactly. <laughs> so hey, and then now that we put it out there on air, I guess that means that it has to happen. So. It will happen. So watch out for it because it's going to be lit at that place. Like let me tell you, every <laughs> Stephen Powers, you better be there. Exactly. Stephen's there all the time. Last time we brought out my guy, my guy Clinton Yates uh, from ESPN. You Woo! you catch him on Around the Horn and PTI, but you can also catch That's him having much. having a, having a beer with a bunch of Wizards fans because he's a fan too. So. We're all all a tight-knit community, and we all support each other, and we love fans because we are fans. So come out and hang with us. Exactly. That's a perfect way to sign (laughs) off right there. Thank you so much, Becca. Chilling back, giving advice. I buy my girl shit that don't matter the price. They see that I'm taking, they try getting pants. Label money, I just tell in advance. I ain't cheating, I'm just trying to dance. She just trying to have me up in the trance. I'm in a stripper like fuck it. They just trying to make some buckets. Love when I slap down my ones, but it bounced like a ball when I struck it. So if you ever see a real nigga like me, just let them live and just be how it be. Go to the club with them two and you'll see. With a J, we'll be on the same team. I want a baller like the Wizards. Yeah, you know what I mean. When I'm blue, I'm on the net. Girl, she went shots for the team. I was in high school with dreams. Now I'm almost looking clean. Teaching game like a dean. Coach all these girls to a ring. I want a ball, I like the whistles. Yeah, you know what I mean. When I'm blue, I'm on the net. Girl, she went shots for the team. I was in high school with dreams. Now I'm almost looking clean. Teaching game like a dean. Coach all these girls to a ring. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.